This message was preached on July 4th, 2021 at Faith Reformed Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy for bringing us here this morning. And we pray now, Lord, that you um, guide us through this uh, study on the Word. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, being the uh, first uh, Sunday in the month, we have uh, our biblical our biblical uh, answer for the month, biblical question, and the, uh, the question that we have for this month is, uh, is speaking in tongues for today. So that's how we are going to be talking about. And the short answer that we have to that question is the biblical gift of speaking in a foreign language that the speaker has not previously learned. That's what the uh, the real interpretation of the, uh, the sign or the, that gift was a sign to unbelieving Jews in the first century and therefore has no use for Christians today. And I know this is a very controversial subject, very difficult to speak about this and take any position without offending somebody or somebody uh, being in disagreement with you. <clears throat> so, of course, the uh, we live in times when there's uh, a lot of charismatic churches, a lot of uh, different uh, charismatic uh, denomination with different interpretations about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, the charismatic interpretation that I knew when I first came to the to the gospel uh, was that uh, speaking in tongues is the uh, initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what I was taught back in 1986 when I came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and I started going to a, a church that was a very charismatic church and they that's what they taught me you know the uh, evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues and uh, basically they teach that believers are not necessarily baptized in the uh, Holy Spirit immediately after conversion but it may take some time it may take days or months or even years before the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that it always comes with this physical uh, sign, this physical manifestation of speaking in tongues. And they usually refer to it as uh, the baptism in tongues. And <clears throat> some Pentecostals and Charismatics even claim that uh, any kind of power for the ministry, uh, for spiritual leadership and of holiness, only come after that second experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, evidenced by the uh, speaking in tongues. And they, of course, uh, you know, divide the, uh, the Christians. Christians are divided in two groups. Don't, those who have it, and those who don't have it. And um, if you have never spoken in tongues, and then it means that you don't have the Holy Spirit, or you don't have this 
second experience. And of course, the evidences that they use from the Bible, the uh, biblical passages that they use are Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10 and Acts 19. And we are going to see those passages this morning. And they claim that since in all those passages, people spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Spirit, then it must be the evidence of uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. They're, they say, you know, the evidence then is that you speak in tongues. Also, in the charismatic movement, uh, some people teach that speaking in tongues is like a special prayer language. Uh, and that, that gift is completely different from what we see in Acts chapter 2. That gift is what we see in 1 Corinthians 14. Speaking in tongues as a way to communicate with God in a special way. Um, praying in a heavenly language that no one understands. This is not a human language. That's what they say. This is not a human language. This is a heavenly language, the language of angels. Nobody understands it. Only God understands it. The only way that you can understand it is if you have another gift, which is the gift of interpretation. And they say this is what the Bible means, the New Testament means when they speak about when about uh, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit that you find in Jude. So, of course, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says in verse 4, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. And then in verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. And they say, see, it says here, when you pray in, a, in tongues, your spirit is praying. Your understanding, your mind, doesn't have to be active. <clears throat> God has given you a secret prayer language. Nobody understands it. Even you who are speaking, you don't understand what you are saying. And uh, your mind doesn't have to be engaged. You can pray all day in this language, and you don't have to even be thinking about it. You can be thinking about the, the baseball game last night. And you, at the same time, you can be speaking in tongues, and you are praying to God, and you are being edified. Your spirit is in communication with God without the intervention of the intellect. You are being edified, even though you don't even understand what you are saying. And I'm going to quote now from somebody who believes this. Uh, this is this pastor is Ken Miller, and he wrote this article uh, giving 12 reasons why you should speak in tongues. I'm not going to give you the 12 reasons. I'm just going to quote uh, a portion of this article. He says, he writes, uh, in, and I quote, Speaking in tongues brings with it an improved prayer life. I would encourage all Christians to spend some quality time praying in tongues on a daily basis. Speaking in tongues has been referred to as a hotline to heaven. It is an intimate communication with the creator of the universe. It is spirit with a lower lowercase s to spirit with capital S communication with our heavenly father. 
through praying in tongues, you bypass your mind and your understanding and are instantly in contact contact with God. When we pray in tongues, nobody but God understands what we are praying. And that's the end of the, the quote, the quotation. But what does the Bible actually teach? What does the Bible teach about it? Well, the first thing that we have to understand before we go into the, the subject uh, is that there is no such thing as a secret or mystery language that is not human, that only God understands. There's nothing, the Bible doesn't teach that. Tongues, languages in the Bible always refer to human languages, such as English or Spanish or French, uh, German, whatever. Then, well, the question, why does Paul say that when somebody speaks in tongues, only God understands? Why does he say that? Why did he write that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Well, because he's referring to speaking in tongues when nobody else is there to interpret. Let's say that I come here and I start speaking in Chinese or any language that nobody understands here. If there is no interpreter, well, the only one who understands is God, right? Nobody else understands it. But it doesn't mean that there is some kind of language that comes from heaven that is not human, that you can use to pray. That's not the meaning. So let's go then to the uh, the body of the, the teaching this morning. And uh, uh, basically what I'm trying to prove this morning is that Tongues in the Bible are presented as a sign of judgment from God. Everywhere you see it. And the first reference that we find is in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, of course, you know what that passage is about. It's about the power of Babel. Babel. And we read in Genesis 11, uh, verses 4 to 9, and they, the people, the humanity, who spoke, they all spoke the same language back then. And they said, uh, go, let's go and build, a, build us a city and a tower whose top may reach to heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let's go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there on the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore, the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from there did the Lord scatter them abroad on the face of the earth. So, see, we see how men were united against God, united against God to, to be their own God. And God came and he sent judgment upon them. How? Dividing their languages so that they could not understand each other. They divided them in different different tongues or different languages. So the first time that we have this 
phenomenon of tongues, this uh, sign of tongues, it was a judgment that divided and that separated men from one another. It was by divine intervention that all those languages appeared before everybody spoke the same language. Then the second time that tongues are mentioned in the Bible is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And uh, this takes place after the Exodus. The people of Israel left Egypt. They have been wandering in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. And now they are about to enter the promised land. Now, when they were in the wilderness, it was very obvious that it was God that was with them, providing for them. Why? Because they received their food from heaven every day. It was very obvious. God is with us. God is providing for us because every day we come out and there is this food, manna, that we can eat. And obviously it came from God. And now Moses when they are about to enter the uh, promised land, he makes a list of blessings and cursings to encourage the people to obey and to trust God. In the wilderness, you didn't have anything. And you have to rely on God to provide for you for your daily needs. It was very obvious that God was with you. Now you are going to enter this fertile land and you are going to plant vineyards there and you are going to have cattle you are going to have sheep you are going to have cows you are going to be prosperous do not forget your your god the lord your god and do not say my power the power of my arm has brought me all this rich riches so here are the blessings if you obey god you're going to be blessed but here are the curses this is what's going, going to happen to you if you forget God and if you disobey God. And now I'm quoting from Deuteronomy 28, verse 49. This is one of the curses. This is one of the threats upon disobedience. The Lord shall bring a nation against you from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose tongue you shall not understand. Another sign of judgment. I'm going to bring a nation and you will not understand their language. If you don't pay attention to my words, to obey them, my words that I speak to you through my prophets in a language that you understand, I'm going to bring a nation then to speak to you in a language that you don't understand. And then you will realize, oh, I should have paid attention to God in the first place. And they are going to come and they are going to oppress you and they are going to kill you and your children and your women and you are going to be their servants. A sign of judgment. sign of judgment. Then the next time we find tongues in the Bible is in Isaiah. Isaiah 28, verse 11. Very important passage. Isaiah 28, verse 11. It says there, For with stammering lips in another tongue... Will he speak to his people? And this is the context, okay? The people of Israel, they decided that, well, life is to have fun. And we are going to be drinking and we are going to be drunk all day. And the, uh, if you read Isaiah 28, what was going on, it, it was horrible. 
I mean, they were drinking all day and they were drunk and 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 it was terrible. The priests and the prophets, everybody was living that way to be drunk all day and to be having fun all day, and they forgot about God. <clears throat> and then the Lord tells them exactly the same thing. If you don't want to listen to me, to the words that I speak to you through my prophets in a language that you understand, then I will speak to you through a people of a foreign language that you are not going to understand. And then you will realize, oh, I should have paid attention to God in the first place. Same thing. And this was, of course, a prophecy to the northern kingdom of Israel. And it was fulfilled when the Assyrians came and they took everybody to Assyria <clears throat> in captivity. It was a sign of judgment against the unbelieving people of Israel. When you hear the Assyrians speaking, it will sound like babbling to you. And then you will realize that you should have listened to the Lord. You should have listened to the prophets. <clears throat> so, And this is the passage that the Apostle Paul quotes in 1 Corinthians 14 when he's speaking about the, the gift of, of tongues, of speaking in tongues. He mentions this passage. And we're going to go back to it a little later. But the next time that tongues are mentioned is in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 15. It says there, See, I will bring a nation on you from far, O house of Israel, said the Lord. It is a mighty nation. <clears throat> it is an ancient nation. A nation whose language you will not neither understand you will you know not neither understand what they say again same idea in this case the lord is speaking to the southern kingdom or the southern kingdom of judah and the reference is of course the babylonians not the assyrians like the first the previous one but the babylonians nebuchadnezzar coming and destroying the city of jerusalem and taking the people of Israel <clears throat> into captivity for 70 years. And Jeremiah is calling the people to repentance. And they do not want to listen to Jeremiah. And he tells them, tells them the same thing. You don't want to listen to me? Well, the Lord then is going to send you somebody whose tongue you are not going to understand. When they speak to you, it will be like babbling to you. <clears throat> And then you will realize, oh, I should have listened to the prophet when he spoke to me. <clears throat> and when we come to the New Testament, then we also find the people of Israel in disobedience, in rebellion. Of course, the rebellion is dressed in a robe of ultra-religious obedience. The Pharisees and the scribes and all their lost. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and all their rituals and all their, their interpretations of the law that they had. <clears throat> but in reality, they were rebellious to the Lord. They did not want to obey. So God sent them prophets. And finally, before he sent his son, he sent them one last prophet. Who was that? 
John the Baptist. He sent John the Baptist to them, who called them to repentance, called them to repent and be baptized, and they did not want to listen. And then God sent his son to them. And his son, Jesus, told them this that we are going to read now in Matthew 21. Verses 42 to 43. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Then the kingdom of God is going to be taken away from you and is going to be given to a nation that is going to bring the fruits, bring forth the fruits thereof. And the sign of this, that God was doing this, the sign was speaking in tongues, as we are going to see. Every time in the New Testament where speaking in tongues is mentioned, it is in this context of God taking the kingdom from, the, uh, from Israel and giving it to, to, to the Gentiles. Every single time. So we see then that it is a sign of judgment, a judgment to the nation of Israel, but at the same time it is a sign of blessing for the Gentiles. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. After this I beheld and I and see a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. It is the fulfillment to the prophecy given to Abraham. On your seed, who is going to be blessed? All the nations of the earth. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. All those tongues, all those people who speak all those different languages, they all are going to be blessed. God is going to give the kingdom of heaven to them. So the first time that we read about tongues in the New Testament is in Acts chapter 2, of course. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were in the upper room gathered together on that day. Of course, a lot of people from other nations were there in Jerusalem that day. And the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started to speak in tongues. Those present there, they were surprised because the people, you know, the disciples, they were Galileans. They were farmers and fishermen and they were not people who went to college who went to school and to learn, you know, to learn those languages. They were not people who traveled. They were people who were, you know, fishing and, you know, cultivating the land. And they were surprised. How come these people who are Galileans, you know, uneducated people, how come they speak these languages? They were surprised. Others, those who lived in Jerusalem, who did not understand those languages because they only speak, spoke Hebrew, they started to mock and to say, well, no, they are drunk. And then Peter stood up and he explained, and I now I'm quoting quote from Acts 2, 14 to 17. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice 
and said to them, You men of Judea, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known to you and listen to my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is what this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You see that? They are speaking in tongues, and Peter says, This is what the prophet Joel announced a long time ago. I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Not on Israelites only anymore, but now on all people, of all nations, of all tongues. This is the sign that God is doing that. This is the sign that God is doing what the Lord Jesus said. I am going to take this kingdom from the people of Israel and I am going to give it to other people. I am going to pour my spirit on all flesh. doesn't mean every single individual, but individuals from all nations, from all races, from all languages. In the past, it was limited to the nation of Israel. But now it's going over to other nations. I will pour my spirit on all flesh, not on Israel only as it was in the past, but now to all flesh. And now, this is what the Lord uh, had told them before, before he ascended, the Lord Jesus. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come on you, and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the Gentiles. So it appeared first here in Judea, in Jerusalem. That was the first time. Now, when the gospel was announced in Samaria, and they believed the gospel, the apostles had to come, and they had to put a seal of their seal of authority on the preaching of the gospel in Samaria, because there was this war, this controversy between the uh, Israelites and the Samaritans that for hundreds of years. So they received the, uh, the, the gospel and they believed. So the, uh, the apostles had to come. The apostles had to lay hands on them. And we read that when they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit, that a certain man saw that when the apostles laid hand on, their hands on people, that they received the Holy Spirit and he wanted to have that power. Now, it doesn't mention tongues explicitly here, but I believe, I am convinced, that the sign that Simon saw, the power that he wanted to have, that he offered money to the apostles, was because he saw the people speaking in tongues, even though it is not explicitly there. But I believe that's what happened, that, you know, first in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, and now to the rest of the Gentiles, when we go to Acts chapter 10. So the next time that we read about speaking in tongues explicitly is in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Here the Apostle Peter, he goes to the house of a Roman centurion and he preaches the gospel there and they believe. And it says there in Acts 10 verses 44 to 47, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost 
from all them <coughs> which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that of the on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they knew that? For they heard them speaking tongues with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that this should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So, same thing. God is giving the kingdom to another nation, bearing the fruits thereof. The Gentiles, it is a sign of judgment for unbelieving Jews but at the same time a sign of blessing for the Gentiles. Before they were not a people, but now they are. Before they had to become Jewish proselytes, not anymore. Now they can be part of the people of God. They don't have to get circumcised. They don't have to go to all those rituals in the law of Moses, just like everybody. How did God make that known to the, uh, to the apostles? With the gift of speaking in tongues. And then later, much later, Peter explaining what happened at Cornelius, at, at you know, the house of Cornelius, he says in Acts 11, verses 15 to 16, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So as you can see, this was not something that was going on every day. Because Peter said, when it happened to them, I remember what happened to us at the beginning. No, what happens every day in all the churches, people speaking in this prayer language. No, 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 no. What happened to us at the beginning, That he remembered that. Then he remembered what the, Lord, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see it was not an everyday experience. The next time we read about speaking in tongues is in Acts 19. Acts 19 where we read that the disciples, certain disciples of John the Baptist, remember who was the last prophet that the Lord sent to Israel? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. And they did not want to believe. They did not want to get baptized. They did not want to repent. Well, same thing. When they heard the gospel, they started speaking in tongues also. A sign of judgment for unbelieving Israel who rejected the preaching and the baptism of John the Baptist and a sign of inclusion for the Gentiles. Sign of inclusion for the Gentiles. Finally, we also see that this sign was present in the church at Corinth. The Corinthian, the Corinthian church. The city of Corinth, of course, was a very important city in ancient Greece. It was a multicultural city with a strong commercial activity. A lot of people coming from other countries, speaking other languages, coming to that city. That city had a large Jewish population, and the Jews who were expelled from Rome usually sought refuge in Corinth. So it was a multicultural city with a lot of people speaking a lot of different languages, a lot of Jews there. And when the Apostle Paul went there, they rejected the gospel. 
they rejected strongly rejected the gospel and this is what happened in acts 18 verses 5 to 6 then when silas silas and timotheus <clears throat> were come from macedonia paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the jews that jesus was christ and when they opposed themselves themselves and blasphemed he shook his raiment and he said to them your blood be on your heads i am clean from now on i am clean and now from now on i will go to the gentiles so the apostle paul goes to them they reject the gospel they don't want anything to do with the gospel of jesus christ they started blaspheming and saying things against <clears throat> jesus and against paul and paul said you know what i'm shaking off the dust of my feet i am not going to come here anymore now i'm going where to the gentiles God is taking the kingdom away from you and giving it to a people, giving the fruits thereof. Then we find then in the city of Corinth the same sign, the same sign. <clears throat> and then those were words of judgment that the Apostle Paul spoke to them. And it is in this context then that we see the manifestation of the sign uh, among the Corinthians. When Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthians, he wanted to rectify a problem that they had there. In a certain sense, they had idolized the, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues. And they all wanted to speak in tongues. And they all wanted to do it at the same time. And there was nobody to interpret there. there. And then Paul wrote to them and he said, quoting Isaiah, remember Isaiah 28? It is... In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and with other lips, I will speak to these people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, said the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for them to, to believe not, but for them to believe. Now, and I'm almost done, uh, he says, <coughs> tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. Now, there's a problem that he says, you know, if you are all speaking in tongues and an unbeliever comes, they are going to, you know, the unbeliever is going to think that you are all crazy. And I remember for many years, I thought, well, it sounds like a contradiction because he said, tongues are a sign for unbelievers. How come he says now, don't do it if there are unbelievers? Why? Well, when he says that tongues are a sign for unbelievers, he's not referring to all unbelievers. He's referring to the Jews. He's referring to the nation, to that nation who rejected Jesus, to that nation that, that um, <clears throat> didn't want to believe in the, uh, the preaching of John the Baptist, did not want to repent, did not want to believe the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then this... God took the kingdom from them and gave it to a nation bearing the fruits thereof. And the sign of that was speaking in tongues, as we see throughout the whole Bible, starting in the Old Testament and going through the New Testament. So as we can see then, this sign has no relevance for the church today. That nation that rejected the Lord Jesus Christ ceased to exist. That nation, as it existed back then, 
It doesn't exist anymore. The theocratic nation of Israel, as it existed in first century, is no longer. Uh, it ceased to exist in the in the year 70 AD. So we have a very strong reason to believe that the gift of tongues that it disappeared about the same you know about the same time. And the uh, the history of the church testified of this that. Pretty much after the apostles were dead, you know, end of the first century, that gift was not present in the church anymore. Of course, there were some groups who did it, who practiced, but it was a minority, and those groups were not considered to be orthodox in doctrine, and uh, we don't have you know time to go into that anymore. So, basically, that's it. It was a sign to unbelieving Jews, that the kingdom was taken from them, given to another nation, given to the Gentiles, and also a sign of inclusion for the Gentiles, that God was fulfilling the promise given to Abraham, I am going to bless in your seed, I am going to bless all the nations of the earth. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for, uh, for your grace. Thank you that we have the Bible to uh, teach us so many things that we need to learn. And we pray, Lord, that, that we may be faithful to you, not be like those who who rejected um, the gospel, even though they were the original recipients of your word and your law. But we pray, Lord, for these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.